happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review, it just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. Um, we're screaming into this new year now. Starting to hit the album reviews hard. Listen to a lot of new music. Actually, been getting a lot of new music. I thought um, we were going to do this a little slower, and, and it seems there's just a flood of great new music that we are going to talk to you about uh, in the coming year. Today, though, we're going to be talking about uh, an album. You know, we, we are country fans here, and uh, and so anytime there's a country fan, a, a country album. Uh, of note that is released uh, we are certainly interested in, in talking about it and talking about it with you today that is natalie hemby's puxico now uh this is a songwriter uh we'll get a little more detail in the in the basement here but this is a songwriter who's, she's been around a long time and she's written some hits man she has written some hits uh for a lot of people like little big town uh miranda lambert she is one of the most in-demand uh, songwriters in Nashville today. And uh, back in 2015, uh, she made a documentary called Puxco. She actually co-produced and co-wrote the songs. Uh, it was based on her uh, her grandfather's hometown. This is something we didn't actually touch on in this podcast. Uh, and so this album, sort of the companion piece to that, is the songs that are on that album. Um, I have not checked out the film yet, but I think I'm going to do that like right after talking to you guys. But I've heard that you should check out both. It is, it is part and parcel goes together. But uh, today we're going to be just talking about the album here. Let's see how it fares. Have Patrick down here and have uh, Mr. Mr. Marcus Dowling. Uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, a little Travis Tritt, keeping a country. Uh, except maybe not. You know, he, he had a little tweet storm talking about how artists shouldn't speak their minds, basically. So we're going to talk about that. And we're going to be bringing you a song by a band uh, that just popped up on my radar, Mr. Elevator. Uh, they have a new album coming out called When the Morning Greets You. It's coming out, I believe, in February, around the beginning of February. And uh, we've got the first track from that for you to check out, for you to sort of trip out to. So... So that's what we're doing today. Uh, so if you guys are ready, you're comfortable, you have a beverage, you are prepared, you're mentally mentally strong to take this journey with us, uh, I think we should just go ahead and head on down to the basement, talk about the new album, Manly Hemby, Bucks Go. Is that what uh, we might refer to as a bubble? Uh, you could. Yeah. How dare you, sir? <laughs> are, are you from the bubble? No, my hometown has 40,000 people. 40,000? It's North Dakota, you? though. Okay. Fuck that. Mine, mine had 200,000. Are you from, not Blacksburg, where are Lynchburg. you from? Lynchburg. Lynchburg. Mine had 661,000. Where Most from? of them used to be African American. Now they're all gone. <laughs> Wait, are you from Detroit? Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> now they're just all gone. 
And it's just, it's, well, it's just me. It's and pretty remarkable what's happening yeah. in DC. Hey guys, uh, gotta say. On that note, uh, you guys, welcome back to the uh, basement. We're down here, Marcus. You heard that? You know, yes. you know what he's all about. Uh, Mr. Patrick, you're back. First of the new year. Happy New Year, Happy sir. Happy New Year. Hope everything is going well. You, you are now. You have just witnessed the uh, pimped attitude of the basement. It's. I must say, for those who haven't been, it's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, artists, you're in for a treat. Yeah, there is a basket and there is lotion. So, uh, oh wow, <laughs> we're set. Um, you know, this is a podcast. It's funny because we were talking about we were talking a little bit about uh, our hometowns and 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 uh, sort of country music today because we're gonna have a country music type conversation. Now we don't have any American beer, which we Damn. should be legislated. And, you know, after oh wait, what, what bourbon do we have? We have bird uh, dog, bird dog. Bird dog, right. small batch bourbon whiskey. Bird dog, small. Okay, that'll do. I think that that'll works. That'll do. That'll do. Uh, before we get into the album we're going to be talking about, which is Natalie Hemsey, Hem, Natalie Hemby's Puxico. Didn't realize that was so hard to say. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, Twitterverse here. Uh, you know, when we did our bro country thing, I think we talked about Travis Tritt, didn't we? Oh, well, we absolutely talked yeah. about Travis Tritt. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, he's a big part of my growing up. He's a big part of, uh, if you like 80s country, it's a big, big part of it. Uh, still to this day has a nice little influence. Uh, the other day, January 8th, after, uh, I think it was after Meryl Streep's speech at the Golden Globes, uh, at 10.13 p.m., says, Advice to all actors, musicians, and entertainers. Please stick to your crafts that we all love you for and drop the political rhetoric. Get him! Now, that is, I, I do not know if Mr. Uh, Tritt is a Trump supporter. Maybe, maybe it's, well, let's go apolitical with this. I think if you scroll down, he says, you don't know who I voted for because I never talk about it or something like that. Really? So we don't really know. So who that's good. So he's, he's trying, trying to have a reasonable conversation. Uh, the, the only problem is, is as, as many people pointed out, uh, if you are an artist that is not speaking your mind about the things that are important to you, i.e., like your world around you, which may involve politics, it may not. You may want to sing about a Cheeto. Like, come on, that, there's there's fucking uh, Cheeto wave. Yeah, that's or you coming can this sing year. About you know, you can sing about being bad and bougie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know. some people who have votes want to, uh, you know, and and exist in our society want to sing and talk about. Uh, Politics and 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 the things that actually actually shape our world. Um, in in the scope of country music, the reason I want to talk about this, Patrick, because I think you were a little like, "Oh, is that news?" But the reason I want to talk about it because I think I think this affects like how we see pop music and country music in general. You know, country music we've said a lot that it is the music of the people, it is the common man, and it is all this and. Yet, we just saw the Bo Burnham thing upstairs. Uh, it is a bunch of pandering bullshit. Yeah? Well, <laughs> there are gradations, but... There are gradations. Mm-hmm. But in general, it's a bunch of pandering bullshit. And when, uh, I think, when we actually take notice and when people are doing good work, maybe, is when they actually do speak their mind and speak up about it. Whether it's in a song, whether it's... After a song, whether it's... I mean, look, we're all sick. We're in Washington, D.C. We've said this before. We're all sick of the people who come to Washington, D.C. and get on the stage at 930 in club and feel like they're like, I got to make a political joke because I'm in Washington, D.C. It's like, you've never t- said that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's actually pandering, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Marcus, you, 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 you want to jump in here? Is, to this say is something. all so entertaining because I think that this is like... I'm glad that this is like happened and it's in the universe because, like, number one, it allows for, like old country people who are now old country people because country is a very new 
mm-hmm. genre in so many ways. It gives mm-hmm. old country people the door. I was waiting for the door to open for old country in 2017 because I think that there's a space for old country in quotes in 2017. And Travis Church just opened it up and walked right through it and was like, <laughs> listen here, people, stop talking because we're about to do some stuff. Just don't talk about that stuff. Talk about this stuff. Talk about the stuff that only matters to you. Not the stuff that matters to everybody else. And I like that. I like the fact that he's like here and present and where and in the room like, okay, let's do country again. Country without message. Yeah, like well, Country I mean, without meaning. Well, Is that it's not even country without meaning. It's the fact that like he comes from an era where there was no concept of anything else that existed. There was no like independent and kind of like free thought politically, socially, whatever. It was like Ronald Reagan got up and said, this is the way things are. It's morning again in America. Right. And then the country guys came out and sang songs mm. that were just about life. <laughs> Especially Lee Greenwood. Exactly. <laughs> but, but now we're in this era where it's like, okay, we've been super politicized. We've thought about things. We've talked about things. We've protested and we've walked through the streets. We've black lives matter. Black lives don't matter. You know, women's lives matter. Women's lives don't matter. You know, we've had like every single political conversation you can have. And now we're at this point where that's just that's, that's stopping again. And it's probably going to stop again for four to eight years. And now we're like, okay, so what do we do now? Now that we've just stopped these political conversations, and now we're just going to, like, you know, do creativity for the sake of whatever. Patrick, you? I, I, I think my problem with his statement, regardless of where he may stand on the political scale or where anyone does, is that it ignores the history and the nature and purpose of a lot of art. I mean, the Iliad is a political work. Right. All of Bob Dylan's early folk music. You got, you cannot. Is political can't, can't work. Can't I scooped it, it in. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like to say, I mean, even look at how folk music originated in the early part of this century and blues music. I mean, that is political music. It may mm-hmm. not be overtly vote for this person political, but it is in fact political. I mean, even, even, even some Buck Owens stuff is kind of political and Dolly Parton stuff. I mean, the song Dolly I Parton Will Always sure. Love You is sort of a sarcastic, weird political song against the male hierarchy. I mean, yeah. it's to say that politics doesn't belong in music is to misunderstand the purpose and function of music as it originated in this and as it grew in this country and in the world. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And not just in music, in art. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of the best albums we've heard in the last five years, To Pimp a Butterfly being number one, mm-hmm. uh, the D'Angelo album being number one A, mm-hmm. are super political albums. And to yeah. say that those aren't good is just well, ridiculous. I so think- so first of all, he misunderstands the function and purpose of music as it exists in society and as it always has existed in society historically going back forever and ever. Amen. Uh, that's my first problem with what he said. My second problem with what he said is a little different. He's a songwriter who can control his content and his art, and he can choose to sing about politics or not, and some people do and some people right. don't. Meryl Streep is an actress, and she can choose to take projects that are more political, but she can't, for the most part, write her own lines. Right. And for her to be honored for this lifetime thing and to get up and speak her mind – and and to say that she she doesn't have the you know she shouldn't do that is just ignores so much about what makes this country great and free speech it ignores and, personal agency. I don't hear like, want to hear. Look, I'd rather hear what she has to say about politics than say Ben Affleck. But and I'm not picking on Ben Affleck. I'm just saying I have more respect for her you, you politics than, than, as, than as Batman. 
Yeah, it's Batman. <laughs> but but like the the larger point is, why are you so bothered by this? Right. Like if you really well, want to, mm, if you really think... want to put Meryl Streep in her place, why don't you write a song called Meryl Streep Shut Up? Some people are gonna <laughs> like it, and you won't be politically. You won't be telling uh, who to vote for, but you'll be getting. It. You know, I mean that that would be <sighs> the proper response as an artist. Right. right. I, I think that the thing is, is that there is a certain acceptance of the machine that is inherent in that conversation that he's having. Yeah. Like just the idea of, okay, it's like everybody just listen, shut up. The machine is in control. There's like, you know, all kneel before Zod. If we want to talk about politics, let's not talk about politics because it doesn't matter. We can't stop it. We can't do anything about it. We're just all here. Mm-hmm. So you could either be with this thing that's just here or you could be against it, but being against it, don't talk because mm. the machine is louder than you. So why are you trying to have this conversation that, you know, in Travis Tripp's mind, probably he probably well, doesn't let's care. Let's assume for a way. second. And we're picking on Travis Tripp, but this is actually a, this is, this is, this is the same crowd that rejected Beyonce doing the song with yes, the, uh, with what formation, you call it. Yeah. Yeah. Restrict, it, re- it rejected that group when they try yes. to be anti-Bush. I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, this is not just him. It's like a right. lot of people feel this way and you see things like in responses to this you see people like yeah i paid money to go see something and and then you did something the most recent example actually is kanye west right which in that case Hmm. you don't go see him again you don't get your money back (laughs) (laughs) like you you could have paid attention you know what kanye's about you know, I mean, is Travis Tritt a Johnny Cash fan? Johnny Cash was super political in the '60s well, and '70s. I, let's assume. Let's understand. assume for a second that this is completely um, altruistic in, in intention and and a little more hippie than I think Travis Tritt might actually be. In, in saying that, like, okay, you know, we are the people who make art, and we're going to make some really good art now. So we need to do that and let other people speak more eloquently about it. I don't think that that is like who what he's saying. I don't think that's where he's coming from. But that also presents another problem because mm-hmm. you know this argument that we're going to be making better art now because we're sort of in the shit <laughs> is just not true. Uh, and the main reason is it will it may happen, but it won't solve anything. It won't do a thing because and honestly, talking from a stage doesn't really solve a thing. Correct. You know, like we said it a bunch on this podcast. You know what solves it? Uh, doing policy work, doing like legal work, but really, at the end of the day, money. That's and, and that's again, where that's, we're at in 2017. That's where we talk about this machine, you know, aesthetic from is that like, you know, as much as you may want to like get up and make a speech and do some things, like it, it's all nice and it helps TV ratings. But it really does nothing at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the one thing with what he's saying that is intriguing in the sense that he's just like, listen, it's not going to make a difference. So just don't 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 say it because it doesn't make a difference. Just do a different thing. Find something else to do, like whatever you need to do, do it. But don't do it in a public way that isn't going to help anybody. Which is sad mm-hmm. and cynical. Oh well, like, um, you have to be sad and cynical right now. What else are you going to be happy? Well, no, of course, <laughs> like, of, course you know. of course you're not going to be happy. But I mean, right? And and you know, in saying that, that a song will not change the world. Like there have been few exceptions. Right. Uh, sadly, I'm going to have to defer to you, Patrick. Bob Dylan, probably. Uh, well, let's he, not forget we are the world. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, I mean, 
I mean, well, Africa's still in a, in a bad state. Though. Yeah, but I, no, I'm being a little facetious because <laughs> it's silly. But, no, it's but it did raise a lot of money. I mean, Live Aid. Yeah, Live, Live Aid. Aid. So, say none of these artists yeah. ever spoke Farm up. Aid. Farm Aid. Farm Aid. Say Bob Geldof never spoke up. Right. He right. would never have had that sweet Glass Tiger performance mm-hmm. for In Memorial I Money love Glass Tiger. Uh, the Lonesome Death of Hattie Carroll. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. And and so, you know, so like I said, it's it's cynical uh, in a way that I don't, even though you can't expect to make a difference, that shouldn't keep you from trying and speaking out. I mean, would he have, look, the counter is, would he have Charlton Heston not testify it? And an NRA right. gun hearing. I mean, what do you? Right. But I mean, Charles, Charlton's on the other side of the machine. That, but that's my point. Travis doesn't get to pick who he likes the political statement of. He's saying, yeah. "Don't make political statements if you're an artist." That means he's against Meryl Streep making a political statement, mm-hmm. but he's also against Charlton Heston coming out on the side of 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 uh, being, NRA. Uh, of the yeah. NRA. But in his, that's but what I, that means. But I think there's. You may not understand that. Or, but that's or that really means. Ronald Reagan. But I'll, I'll say I'll well, say this as let's well. Let's not I think go down that, that yeah, rabbit yeah. hole. I think there's something intriguing in the sense of it's not political statements. I think it's something about liberal political statements, and I think that's a key part of this conversation is that you can't make liberal, explicitly liberal, free thinking, free minded, mm. you know, freedom of speech, you know. But that's not what his tweet says. Right. And that's not I mean, the what his yeah. the threat of his tweet says. If he's going to dress it up as don't make political statements, he doesn't get to pick one way or the other. Right. I mean, that's the problem and the inconsistency I mean, in this. To me, that's the that's the underlying part of it. That's kind of like the insidious part of it that right. isn't stated because you know who actually tweets what they're thinking. Like that's the funny part. It's like people don't sit. I mean, mm. I I try to, but that's not because I'm better than anybody or whatever. But I try really hard to like make sure because I, I think about stuff like this. But it's like. Who actually, when they're in the middle of like, you know, watching the award show, maybe having some bourbon, maybe enjoying themselves, you know, thinks, well, maybe I should think about the context of, of this tweet and how people are going to perceive it. No, you're just probably like, listen here, don't say that shit. It goes into the world. And then well, it becomes I don't news. think it's necessary. I mean, there are other people who agree with Travis Tritt. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. But, but I mean, it, it quickly devolves into a thing where... Uh, where you know you say these things and then it, it starts to become sort of suppression techniques. Yeah, it's true. And yeah, you know, nobody's stopping going, Meryl without, Streep from saying that. But yes, no, but nobody's stopping stopping who? Meryl Streep from saying that. Right, right. And and you know that is the one thing we know is to never be silent. Right. But I think that's the thing is that he wants people who are kind of on the liberal side of the fence to just not say anything for forty eight years. Okay. Yeah. Which is which Did is you say forty eight? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> forty eight. No, four to eight. Um, but no, it's like and that's, and, that's, and, I, and I, when I saw that, I was like, and that's what I mean by letting old country into the room. That old, like the like the the very stereotypical country music thing of like these are horrible rednecks with guns that are going to like you know hate our freedoms and hate mm. you know blah 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 and so on and so forth. But don't uh, well. I don't know if we're going down this road, and I don't yeah. really want to go down this road. Okay. Donald right. Trump is not a redneck. No. But he panders to a redneck mentality. I mean, mentality. rednecks are from the North, dude. Right. He panders to a redneck <laughs> mentality for purposes of whatever. Yeah. I, right. I mean, arguably. I'm not saying that definitively. I'm saying some people have suggested. Other people are saying that that's what he does. Uh, so so there's that. But there's also, like, I think my, my issue with it is there could be 80s artists – 
I don't know, maybe Vince Gill thinks what Meryl Streep did was great. Like, I'm, I'm saying, you're saying opening the door, let's not put everybody in one bucket. Right. I'm just saying. Right. And, I'm, and I'm glad yeah. you said that because that's what I mean. I want there to be like this great conversation because I feel like, number one, like country is the most important music of 2017. Like, I feel like the most in- maybe. impressive statement about politics in America will come. I'm going to say death metal, but from, <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe that's at, maybe that's in four years. Maybe that's when things are apocalyptic and there's, you know, things are just burning in the streets. Who knows? But I mean, to me, countries where we need to be looking for the music and for the statements that are the most impactful because country is the one music that actually sells and that people actually ultimately will then care about because it's commercially you know, making a difference and it's pushing the needle. So in that sense, like, I want there to be this like really robust conversation in country music that does it that kind of like in many ways invalidates what people were thinking about country in say like 1985. Mm-hmm. Like when I grew up, like my mom knew I loved country, but at the same time she was like, "That's that devil redneck music," and it's like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, so rednecks are bad." Like I think they're pretty cool, but you know that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Like I didn't know the Confederate flag was bad until I was like five or six. So who will be the country artist that becomes the Johnny Cash for the next four years? Sturgill. They, they want Who's they, they want to be Sturgill, but you yeah. know, I mean, you could talk. No, to, that, that that will well, that will be not only outlaw of the commercial sound of country but will be outlaw in a political sense they want it to be sturgill i mean i want it to be sturgill well no no it's actually no that's that's the thing and the reason i want to talk about this was because we're talking about a country album and it feeds into yeah. that because a lot of the narrative around puxico and natalie hemby is you know once sturgill hit the scene you saw a uh the saving People country still don't music. Know who Sturgill is, by the way. Yeah, well, that's not true. <laughs> but, 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 but I mean, to be fair, like to to wrap up this discussion, getting to, to Natalie Hemby, we got. I mentioned this on the last podcast. We got a really great email. I thought it was great uh, talking about somebody who listened to uh, our Sturgill episode, which you were on. Who I was, was on that was, one. Who yes. else was on that? That was uh, Eduardo. Was, I was not on. I think no. it was Eduardo. And I think there was a fourth person, either Ian or somebody like that. Yeah, anyway, keep going. And 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 instead of instead of just outright attacking us, like some people have done, like people who didn't like our take on Leonard Cohen, <laughs> who also did not listen to the whole podcast, like killer take, or a certain band's mom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, we've made up. We've made up. It's okay. It's good. But uh, but uh, you know uh, this was this was a a reasoned. And reasonable response, uh, sort of having a discussion, which is what we ask for all the time. And I think this is what happens because, you know, you can see this in a song. You write a song that you don't like, but like Dixie Chicks are a perfect example. Write a bunch of stuff you don't like instead of like flipping out and instead of saying, you shouldn't do that. Fuck mm-hmm. you. That's anti-American or whatever you're going to say. Look at it like, I don't like that, but I do like what you do. So maybe we can talk about this. Because I think you're articulate, articulate in these other things that I care about. You're good at articulating that. But I don't agree with this. And now I'm interested. Yeah, saying let's not talk about it is sort of... Which is what his tweet was saying. It's a little, honestly, it's a little childish. Yeah, yeah. So uh, with that in mind, uh, let's, let's uh, dive right into some Natalie Hemby Puxco. Yes, sir. Don't look away, it will be gone 
right, name of that song is Cairo, Illinois, and the name of the album is Puxica. name of the artist is Natalie Hemby. Uh, if you haven't heard that name, that's because you aren't a songwriter in Nashville, uh, but you have heard all the stuff she's worked on. Uh, she's born in Nashville. Uh, she's been a songwriter up until now, written songs for Leanne Womack, e- Eli Youngman, Toby Keith. I hope she didn't write that one song. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know the song I'm talking about. Uh, Miranda Lambert, who she's Good written off. Put your ass! Fuck ton of songs for Miranda Lambert. Sonny Sweeney and Little Big Town. Um, she has accumulated five number one Billboard singles during her career. Say that, you mentioned Miranda, right? Yes. That's the one. Miranda, yeah. Miranda. That is... Uh, what's in the biz called being sort of a powerhouse. Uh, she is, you know, last year we had a singer songwriter, uh, who sort of came out, even though she had uh, a bunch of albums. Lauren McKenna, right? That album was stunning. In fact, that album. You was didn't mine. mean came out like came out sexually. You mean? No, no, no. I, I mean, <laughs> she sort of arrived as a solo. Arrived as a yes. solo. Artist. Well, she had had a few albums, right, right. But people actually paid attention to it outside of the country scene. That was, in fact, my number one album of last I saw year. That. I know it was so. so uh, great album. You know why? It's because it's the best album last year. Mm, that, that's how that works. Um, but uh, but with uh, with Natalie Hemby, what we have is what we were just talking about. Even you know this idea of saving country music, of you know when Sturgill came along and other people, you know Jason Isbell, even though he has nothing to do with Nashville, he lives there. He has nothing to do with Nashville. Um, you know, uh, who's uh, Jamie Johnson is one of them. Uh, Chris Stapleton, which in revisiting that album. That's an excellent fucking album. Yeah. Yes, Tennessee it is. Whiskey is an excellent stack song. Yes, it is. That that is why that is why JT gets up on stage and sings it with them because it's an excellent stack right. song. Margot Price, can we get some Margot Price love? I know oh, you don't that, like her I, as much know, as I do. I, I still have not fallen in love with that album. I am not in love with it, but I I ha, I I like it strongly. Yeah. So 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 on the surface with this album, what we're talking about is like this is the next. Right. This is the narrative that we're presenting, and this is what's coming in. And it's early 2017, so 2017, arguably, uh, knowing our pattern, so <laughs> you're, you're side-eyeing me, yeah. has to have this thing. But Marcus, like, you're, you're sort of scowling. You're like, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So, like, there's a, there's a Casey Musgraves album that's probably coming. Oh. There's a Taylor Swift thing that will probably involve some sort of, like, big Nashville homage come into the top 40-fold Nashville song. And those are two things that we can expect. Um, to start off the year with this is is good, but I think that it's like an album that's best told as like a tale of two, you know, like two sides. There's like this very like traditional like Nashville singer-songwriter-y thing that's going on. And then there's like this top 40 thing that's tacked on at the end that feels like a complete alien other mm. album. And it's like, and for people who don't like country music, and there's a there's a marketplace now for people who listen to country music who actually don't like country music. I know a lot of them. They all live in. They all explain live, this. All of my friends that live in Brooklyn, all of my friends that live in Jersey City, all of my friends that live in Manhattan, they all love country music. But they, they don't like country music. But they a, don't. They like they, old country. Merle they, they, Haggard, like, they, right. they they like what they think country music is. And they like this this thing that exists now where country artists they like old can cross AM over. country. Yes, yes, a great deal. So do I. And then it's like, oh, so now they can like listen to this thing that's very much like top forty gentrified country in this way where there's like there's like there's there's like melodic tones and there's like break beats and things happening that are very familiar to their ears. And then, like, the voice you put on top of it has like a certain like you know feel to it where it's like, oh, this isn't like Rihanna. 
But um, like, like what's the name? Um, I remember how you loved me. Mm-hmm. Could be, could have been on anti. Yeah, easily without with like one to one, and it's like okay, so that's a thing you can do, and that's country, and it's but it's not traditionally country, and so my friends who live in New York City, center of the media world, a lot of them work in the music industry, love this stuff because it's like, oh well, like we're supposed to like country now, but this is a country thing that I'm okay with. Well, do do they love this stuff though because they haven't heard country before, and, and this is what is fulfilling in the. I mean, because look, when Sturgill's album, we have a poster down here actually. You know, tell that guy, uh, we have a poster of of uh, Men of Modern Sounds of Country Music down here, uh, and not because I discovered country music then. I thought it was a badass fucking album, right? Uh, you know, but a lot of people like like it or not, who listen to this podcast actually did discover country music with that album. Right. And uh, Chris Richter, who we invited over, yeah, like he was digging in. So I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't bust him yeah. on that. But, but he, you know, he, he's definitely riding the wave of people who are just all about country music right, right. now. Right. And and though there's songs, like I said, on the first half of this record, it's funny. Like for for people who actually like country music. This 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 album is like okay to this is tolerable to what the hell's going on? And then it's like and then if you don't like country at all, you're like, okay, this is a new strange thing that's happening to my ears. <laughs> I'm supposed to like it, I think. I think. Are we talking on clockwork orange setup? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think or is that, that comes in a week. Never mind. Right, right. I think I think I think I'm supposed to like this. I think that this sounds like country country, country mm-hmm. maybe, country music playing, you know, like slight guitar steel, yeah. All these things that I hear about in reviews, you know, mm-hmm. like Ann Powers mentions in her NPR review. And then it's like by the end you're like, Oh, okay, this is the song that's like the Casey Musgrave song I like. Or this is the song she's like, written for. Yeah, she has written for Casey. Or this that song is like that Miranda Lambert thing mm-hmm. that I listen to occasionally when I leave Soul Cycle, and it's awesome. And it's who the hell plays Miranda Lambert at Soul Cycle? When they leave Soul Cycle, oh. when you're like trying to like get your, you know, I did Soul Cycle for the first time over the break. What Full is Soul Cycle? Oh, how dare you? Okay, well you 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 ride a vice, you ride a you ride a cycle inside of a building, and there is somebody who is very fit who is standing who is sitting in, on on a, on a bike in front of you. Is it S O U L or S O L? S O U L. S O U L. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so a I, it's a high end biking workout class, right? But they gotcha. play music very very loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So I mean, so I, I I have this sense while I listen to this record, and it's like it's funny because like Nashville is such a machine now, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is like the first record that like to me really informed me that like. Nashville is on a level they're doing science now with country music and I'm like ooh this is this is science this is like if you listen to it forward if you listen to it forwards to backwards you're one kind of listener and it works for you if you listen to it backwards to forwards it's good for you for if you're a different kind of listener. Well, to that point, I mean, I think I think what you're talking about is this thing is like what you expect from country music. Like if you are right. – how you're coming to country music, if you're coming to it as a pop fan or coming to it as a true country music fan. Look, exactly. Taylor Swift busted that open like a long time ago yeah. that she made country music pop. Our mm-hmm. song. Yeah. It's a can- slam and screen door. And, and ever since then, we've seen people following her as people do in industries that make money, which right. country music makes money. You got to do the the follow the leader, man. You got to yeah. like get on the gravy train. Which right. for country music, unlike I think literally every other type of music, is still running. 
Yeah. Yeah. Ten billion dollars in Nashville. Right. Can I depose yeah. Marcus for a second? Yeah. So, go for it. Rock so roll. when you say it, and I don't mean to pose adversarially, but when you say it starts out as like an old school country album, you mean the boom chicka boom chicka Johnny yes. Cash sound of the first yes. two or three songs. Yes. And then you mean how it turns into a lifetime movie at the end. Exactly. Just mushy, yes. weird, no actual specificity, right. just that, like that, bland. That, that song, like I was telling you, it reminds me of like Sarah McLaughlin in like nineteen ninety five. Like I, I, will, I hadn't thought I about it that way you. because I sort of hate all of it. <laughs> But um, <laughs> to be to be quite honest, but like so you're not a country fan. I do no, well, I do think they're playing at making older country with the boom chicka boom chicka rhythms and some of the stuff that's going on in the first three yeah, or four that, songs. That straight I, think I think they're reaching for it, but the delivery to me still falls well short to the Ooh. point where. By the time it got to the more mushy stuff, I was just so angry that I I had trouble listening. To me, okay, so it's like the players are better than the singer. And the songwriter that happens is on it. Casey Musgrave albums too. <laughs> I don't wow. think so. I, I, and, then and, the well, song, and then the song, yeah. and then the songwriter <laughs> is better than we have a the famous sing- Casey Musgrave's beef. Not famous, but infamous. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, okay. So the players are better I than mean, she knows about it. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, the players on this album are better than the singer. That's Nashville. And the song, and the song, and the songwriter is better than the singer too. Yeah, which is that's, Nashville. That's yeah. Bob the Dylan's singer, Nashville album. God right, damn it! The singer at this Natalie Hemby. At the at the core of this, like I'm and I'm not like you know telling lies to church or anything. I'm saying something yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like she is average to good at delivering this material. Like I mm-hmm. feel like she's a person who like writes these great songs who like above average vocalists and above average stars breathe life into. So like Miranda Lambert sang her song it was the 2015's like song of the the millennium, right, or right. whatever. Um, automatic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then it's like okay, so like Casey Musgraves, and then little uh, little big town, all these artists that are like superhuman superstars I, that are great, and she's good. I I want I want to revisit that point, but I want yeah. to play I want to play what is the high point, and it falls in. This is this is metaphorically sound actually because it falls right in the middle of the album. This You're is calling a, this the high point. I think it is the high point in the album. And, and, uh, <laughs> and so Patrick disagrees, but talking about the song Ferris wheel. So here you go. This is uh, Natalie Hemby uh, Ferris wheel from Puxico. Well, uh, you know, waiting at the bottom, dreaming at the top. You know, we were talking metaphors in here, that's and, and how, this is and, 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 and Patrick. I want to talk to you for a second. Like uh, when I, when I say country music is 
is the music of the common people. Do you not understand that sometimes simple metaphors work? And I don't want to say simple people pejoratively, but you know, if you watch something like Coal Miner's Daughter, which we did uh, New Year's Day, I you love understand. Coal Miner's Daughter. Yeah, so this comes from a simple place where people just want simple comforts to understand things. And if you give them something like this, if you give me, who is I'm a pretty simple guy, I got some complexity somewhere in there, but if you give this to me and say, sit at the bottom, dream at the top, I'm like, yes, girl. Hold on, hold on. Fuck yeah. Hold on, hold on. Hey, hey, hey Patrick. <laughs> Mind your own biscuits and life will be gravy. Yes! We had a fight yes! about how much I hate yes! that lyric. Because I think it stinks. That's the best country song okay. written in the past 10 I years. I am the son of a farmer who is the son of a farmer who is the son of a farmer from the Midwest. I could not. My mother was a so, which is why this is public weird. school learning disabilities yes. teacher. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so simple must really work for you. Then. Okay. For a second, I thought level. you were talking about a Bob Dylan song. No. Like, no, no. You're talking about you. I mean, my favorite playwright is Sam Shepard. Like we can go into the, all mm-hmm. this stuff. I come from that place. My issue with this is that the metaphor has no specificity and it has no meaning. This metaphor, as used, song, in, as, you. as used in this song, is so literal and so simple and so basic mm-hmm. that it is literally meaningless. That's the way it works. It is so <laughs> bland works, and so no, uninformed. No, it's not. It's not. If, if you, she had had a lyric about you how know, you don't know when the, uh, it, the it, Ferris wheel operator is going to turn the switch because <laughs> he's a carny with small hands <laughs> and leave you stuck up there with your date who you don't like and there was a little just injection of some clever humor, I would have been 100% on board with this song. Because are, it are, is. Are you because the playing... <laughs> wait. Because the playing is good. Because the structure of the song is not... Stupid. She knows how to structure a song, although I, I think yes. she gets to the chorus too early. But, 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 but my main problem is... Because the, the entire lyrics, song is a chorus. The the lyrics, yes, yes. I have that note written here exactly. <laughs> and it's drenched in steel guitar to the point of like, it's invoking nostalgia that is not earned. It doesn't make any sense. No, Give me the details about the funnel cake. No, Don't just say no, 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 that no, we went no, to the carnival and missing, we're on the You're Ferris missing the whole... Patrick, are you one of them elitists? Yeah. Are you, calling, are you an elitist? Northern elitist? Northern elitist. See, here's the problem that, that I think you can't get over with this song and Casey Musgraves, The Biscuits. So, so look. I would rather listen so to look. Biscuits than this song. So look. I would rather listen to Biscuits than so this look, song. If you if you live in a trailer, and I'm, I'm stereotyping here, but that's okay. Because I have friends. I live in a trailer for you two did. weeks a year you for did. like three years of my life. So, so if you live in a trailer, and this comes on the radio, and you say, hey, here's this like pretty lady singing the song and I'm listening to the song and then you hear that like sitting at the bottom dream of the top that resonates more than anything anybody can say to you and it gives you hope it doesn't it doesn't work on you or me you're here you're, you're like but why not connect it up to actually sitting at the bottom and dreaming at the top how many people do you know who like pop music sit down and listen to Bob Dylan is what I'm saying None. He, he's okay. immensely popular and, okay, and sells a lot of records. I'll, I'll, you know? I'm going to make a, a, a corollary to like what's happening in like urban top 40 pop music right now. Yeah. Um, urban top 40 pop music for people who aren't listening. I'm talking to the mic like I talk to the whole you know universe. Um, is abjectly terrible right now. Mm-hmm. There's there like like literally every single song that's hit the top. Maybe like two or three, like in the last maybe six, eight, you know, six months to a year, have literally been songs that are based around like two or three hooks, chanted, and yelled at you mm-hmm. ad infinitum. 
That's been the past ten years, Bad man. Bad and Bougie is the number one song in, in the country right now. Black Beatles was the number one right. hit song for it. You know what's funny? Maybe should I listen to that? I've never heard it. Black Beatles. I, I mean, it's 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 a hook. It's. I saw you know, a lot of people we know being like, "Oh yeah, that's the heat." I mean, it's the heat because it's it's a hook. It's 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 delivered by people who like that hook is like very specific like that, to their Ray lives. Shrummans. What's up, Ray Shrummond? Ray Shrummond, yeah. Shrummond, yeah. I, I mean, I like that Which album. Which is literally I, ear drummers I, I, backwards if you want something literal, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like that's where we are. So like understand it. Like this is where the 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 the, the top song of all of popular music is literally. A chanted hook for three and a half minutes. Mm -hmm. So if country wants to just like dumb down the creation of a hook to, you know, sitting at the bottom, dreaming of the top, that's kind of where we are. And there's a, there's a belief that country as a genre should always attempt to do something greater because of the folk tradition and because of the tradition of like these legendary artists, people like, you know, Johnny Cash, and Kenny Rogers and people who did a bigger thing. And I understand that. And I completely am like fully understanding and cognizant. And I'm like, well, a country should do a bigger thing. They should yeah, be. But I like Dolly Parton. I like nine to five. I like the Oak Ridge Boys. But you're, not... talking, you're talking about like people who are you like nine to five. and You don't like Ferris wheel. 100%. How? How? 100%. How? How? Because, because see, I mean, here's... I mean, <laughs> so, 100%. So, and, and here, I, I'm going to get off Ferris wheel here for a second, uh, because I think what you're saying, Patrick, though, is right about every other song on this album. Because what we were saying up front, like the platitudes and everything, I, I think you, you, what you risk in doing something this basic, and I don't mean basic the way the kids are saying, but, 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 but the basic... Uh, metaphor that is meant to sort of inspire maybe move somebody which it will uh app it without it i i hear it i'm just like yeah all right so but but every other song on this album like tries that and i think fails for the most part because of what you are saying is marcus she is an exceptional writer uh and it takes though an exceptional performer to take some of this to another mm -hmm. level and what do you mean by exceptional writer? Okay. You mean that she's written songs technician. that are popular? Technician. Okay. Uh, Another thing to think about with this record is I mean, Jody Picoult sells, sells a lot of books. I don't read her books. Okay. I, I hear yeah, that. I but, mean, but, you're talking populist versus like actual craft. Her craft has been rewarded over God. and over and over. Oh, I want to say she's this an exceptional about, writer. I'm going to say this about her craft. God. Not on this album. But. Okay, so a lot of these songs. It is a thing that, like, you, you like, when, when you listen to as much, like, pop dreck as I tend to listen to, like, just, just nature of work. You listen to a lot of, like, songs that are, you know, yeah. drecky and poppy, and you're just like, this song drives me crazy. Um, there's a lot of words in these songs. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of words. Like, Cairo, Illinois, there's, like, words. Like, you know, I was like, it hit me. I was, like, sitting and listening to this. I'm like, wait, there's, like, way too many words happening in, like, one bar here. Like, there's, like, full sentences that are happening. Only song I can stand on the whole album. Right. But, there, but there's a lot of, but, like, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a way as a vocalist to, like, work with a song that has a lot of words and has a lot of meaning trapped in all those words phrasing. to, like, phrasing. make it work into phrasing. Right. Phrasing. She doesn't have that. Sinatra, right. Dylan, others. Right, like, 
right. And it's example, because like, she's because she's fitting into she's trying to fit into the country idiom when she doesn't like what what made. I, I've been talking with Eduardo. He couldn't be here, but I've been talking with Eduardo about this album all week. He actually likes it. Uh, he definitely leans more towards the pop, and then right, we yeah, know this, of course. But you know, there is something, and it's been driving me crazy. And what? Why is Laurie McKenna's album my favorite album of last year and of many years? And this is not, even though on paper they're sort of doing the same thing. And I can't just attribute it to Laurie McKenna as a better writer. I have to like look at like everything going on in these songs and. It's there's specificity in Laurie McKenna's song. Well, there's specificity in here, but no, just there's enough. Not. But there's but again but on there's... that song. On that song, that there is. I think that's. Wait, the... Tell me what's specific. Sometimes wait. To, uh, <laughs> waiting at the bottom, dreaming at the top. Sometimes I want to get that's on. Sometimes because, I want off. Because that hook is fucking amazing. As soon as you go up, you yeah, will go down. It's the one. Let's, song. Tell me the specific it's part the about one, that. It's, okay, it's, it's generic. Not the specific specificity you're looking for. But uh, let's. There's Scott again. This thing about phrasing, like some. Okay, if you're a writer and you're writing a song, you know that you're working with artists who just want you, especially in Nashville right now, to write the fucking song. Yes. Like, just give me the hit. I'm going to go into the booth and I'm going to sing it and I'm going to look at your words and I'm going to do the work that you can't do as a writer. Like, there's a mm-hmm. thing that, like, the great singers can do with a song that is given to them and it's like... And sing this. And like I, I, I didn't mention this in the uh, when we, in the upfront like we were talking about, but because I think it's gross that it's in her Wikipedia. But she's like she's married to a big time record producer, and it's like that's fuck you, dude. That's yeah. Uh, but but she is, and so he knows this, and and they know as 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 people as a unit, they know the business, and they've right. done this. Do you? I mean, because you you were talking about this town still talks about you. Uh, you you love it. You want yeah, to get a taste it. of that? I don't know, it's a taste. talks about you uh that is uh you know if if uh, i've spoken about a uh, guy punkin we talked about him on our on our country cast indeed we did you know and uh, this was a friend of mine and and if this had been played back in like the early 90s late 80s when we were you know up like packing furniture there's all the heat and the sawdust and whatnot this would be on the radio and it would be fantastic and this would have been yeah. punkin's favorite song and i would have been like you know what man I'm gonna check this out because this this is kind of good. And she would fall. She would she would be like right beside Tanya Tucker, 
at the CMTs. I, I love it. I love it. Right? Any, any mention of Tanya Tucker makes right. perfect. Right. Right beside Tanya Tucker. So, so the problem is, is that this is not 1991 or two or 83 or seven. This is 2017, and we have very good examples of of how this has progressed and and where it should go, and. We see this in not just country, but in pop, and so we all we always sort of demonize, rightfully so, I think the middle, the Katy Perry's stuff because that's the stuff that like it's going to make all the money, but it's not. It's never satisfying. It's like a, it's like one of those like unsalted Applebee's. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Applebee's, and and uh, you know she's written for people who are doing more exciting stuff, even though Miranda Lambert's. I, I do not like her <laughs> the last album. It's so fucking long. It's it's unreal. But but it, <laughs> but even though like she she's written songs for that that were just delivered better that you feel it you get a personality out of it and uh, that personality in that case is Miranda Lambert and right. and it's like what you were saying you you it, I, I don't get that on on literally any song on this album which is shocking because I'm as a musician I'm like. You got the craft down. You got the writing down. You're like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And then it doesn't move me. Now, now you said something yeah. interesting about what, I, what oh. I'm just talking about off mic. Okay. So. okay, so like every great songwriter of every generation that becomes like the Grammy Award winning, 37 time, American mm-hmm. Music Award winning, Country Music Award winning um, songwriter doesn't deserve an album. Like, I mean, Sia, for instance, mm-hmm. is, a, is a unicorn. And she is the rare artist. Like I was talking about Cheap Thrills. Cheap Thrills is like one of my favorite songs of the last 10 years for multiple reasons. Number one is the fact that like Cheap Thrills is literally about nothing. But Sia, because she is so great as a songwriter and also as a vocalist and also as an arranger and also as like every other thing that you need to do to like a visual artist, fully, fully yeah. visual artist, all of this. She gets who she is. So like she could breathe all the life into this song that is literally air. Mm-hmm. Like Natalie Hemby can write great songs, but she can she breathe personality and life right. and wholeness into a song that's well, about largely nothing. Let's think no. about this too. Like we've talked a lot about like Sturgis Sips and that whole scene. You know, one of the reasons that's a scene is because they have this charisma. Right. And, yeah. and that's what people are responding. People aren't responding to Sturgis music. They're just like, oh man, he's a motherfucking but they outlaw. They don't know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, <laughs> right, right, exactly, and yeah. So I, I don't know, like oh. where, like at the end of the day, I don't necessarily know what to do uh, with this album as a whole because, again, it's 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 just it's masterful craftsmanship. So I'm gonna I'm going on vacation Oof. soon to Vermont. Oh, and um, I'm gonna um, be I'm gonna be in. Wa- I used to live in Vermont. Yeah, I'm gonna be in Walmart in Vermont. Yeah. What town in Vermont hear, are you going to? Are you going to hear this? Okay. Yeah. So I am going to be in Walmart in Burlington, and I'm going to be trying to purchase snowshoes because I'm going snowshoeing. And I'm going Why to hear you this. Why like REI or something? Come well, on. Well, you, you know, I mean, well, it, it depends. It depends. We'll, we'll see, like the people I'm going with, what they want to go. But I will be in. I will be in Walmart at some point, purchasing everything from guns and ammo to snowshoes to you know WWE t-shirts. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Whatever. And uh, this town still talks about you will play. Over the loudspeaker, right at Walmart, and that's exactly where this 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 album is is hmm. supposed to go. That's exactly the point why this whole thing was created. Ultimately, in my mind, when I listen to it, I go, 
all of these songs could do like the most benign work of all industry right now. Like you could you could literally use songs one through nine and put them on WB, you know, hour long TV dramas. Or you could put them or, on yes. like yeah, the commercial yes. at the Super Bowl. Yes. Next to Tiny Tucker there on the could be, like, There Joe. could be, look, my wife used to watch Grey's Anatomy. There are three songs on this album <laughs> that could have been on fucking Grey's Anatomy. Well, maybe they will. But and like, there were moments where I was yelling the, and screaming at the TV. So, so, so Patrick, I want to talk, talk about that for a second. So this is one thing that like we're trying to correct about ourselves a little bit uh, this year. Who, it, who is? All of us. Oh. Like, this, is, this is the edict for the podcast. <laughs> you know, when, when we say stuff like that, you know that's not necessarily pejorative because no. because that is music and that is first of all that person got paid yes of course yeah so Natalie and Nick Harcourt paid helped this. pick that music and so what, whether you think uh, he's great or not from KCRW right. I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. I respect Nick yeah, Harcourt yeah. And, I'm, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing I'm just saying I know exactly when I when you hear certain songs now and this is like where we are as an industry where there's like a one percent of the industry that makes all the money and ninety nine percent of it makes pennies on Spotify um you know shout out to Bandcamp by the way. You know, for yeah. breaking that little Mark thing Storm. down. Well, why? Mark and, and, and that's actually editor. that's actually a good question. So this, speaking of Bandcamp, yeah. If this were released, this is a big Nashville release. Yeah, this is a big Nashville release. Biggest. If this were released on Bandcamp as just a person who's been toiling away, maybe maybe <sighs> you got to sign the story, Marcus. I I. And and be toiling away, and and they and they finally are doing their first thing. Like, would we be reacting to it differently? Of course we would, because Natalie. So that's on us. She'd be. She wouldn't have been the known songwriter. She would have been the ghostwriter, number one. And so all of her songs, you would be like, "How are her songs so great? How are these these hooks so Mm. incredible? We had no idea." In her head, of course, she's sitting there going. I bet, like, okay, so Zena Rubinos, perfect example. Nobody knows that Zena Rubinos works with Rihanna. Zero people know that. Like, outside of by, like. By the way, hi, Zena. Hi, how you doing, friend? <laughs> but, uh, but no, so I mean, you and I know that, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so nobody else really knows that she's like in the room sitting I did next not to know Rihanna. That. Right. And so you know who Zena Rubinos is. Yes, yes. Or you did the, yeah, you're in. Thanks a lot, Eduardo. Right, so mm-hmm. Zena works with Rihanna. You would have no idea. Her album dropped on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. It's good. And you wouldn't have understood, like, why these songs were so great. And why, like, with a minimal budget, she was able to produce maximal work. Like, the same thing with Natalie Hemby. If she would have released this album on Bandcamp, it would have been like, how is this music Disagree. so great? Disagree. Who Dude, knows? I knew zero about this person when I first listened to this, and I still didn't like it. Oh. Damn. I thought, Damn. I emailed him, I said, I don't know if you want me to be on this podcast. <laughs> Because I'm not going to be very nice, and this seems like an up and coming person. I'll badmouth Radiohead because they can. They don't care. It's Radiohead, and he was like, "She's established," and I was like, "All right, well, then fine." So here's the funny thing about this record: Um, when you look at like music industry economics, because all this breaks down to economics, and economics fascinate me in the music industry. So like, Natalie Hemby are there economics? Oh, there, but there are, but there are. Natalie Henry's going to make more money writing a song for Casey Musgraves 100%. than she is for this entire record. Yes. That's why this album is Correct. nine songs long. 33 minutes. It's nine songs and 33 mm-hmm. minutes long because largely this is just her having some fun. This is an introductory EP. Right, with yeah. some stuff. Like, I got some stuff that, like, you know, Miranda didn't buy Cairo, Illinois. Ferris Wheel could have gone to Casey, but Casey didn't buy it. Right, because she because she had Mary around that she wrote herself. Yeah, I had some. <laughs> I have some dumb Tommy Lauren lookalike that wants to sing 
return. So, oh man, you know, yeah. I yeah, can't, yeah, yeah. I can't sell that song to her. So, I'm sitting on nine songs, and my right. husband happens to own a label, and we can get distribution. And why not? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go down that route because we have no way of knowing. But I mean, it's easy to imagine. This is a love letter. I read the Ann Powers thing and I also looked to her hometown. And apparently, according to a uh, No Depression, which I looked at today, it is a love letter to her grandfather more than her hometown. Who's from that town. So in that, and this is the last thing I want to say before we start, like, basically sort of close this up. The album has a a first wheel on it. Yes, it does. Um, that's why that's I said that's the centerpiece of the album and that's the middle because I pick up on things right guys amazing sometimes um, you know how it, do you know the fa- the Ferris wheel isn't a metaphor for one of the other songs oh my god it could be <laughs> stop it you're blowing my mind uh, you know so so to that point Patrick that it is a a tribute to that if she's writing about that era then these are actually that era uh are we talking about uh, the 30s and 40s uh, uh, of country no, music? No, 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 no. We're talking about like her town when she was growing up and knew her grandfather. So that would be. Right. She's she's a couple years older than me. Uh, and so that would be the late 80s. And these are all songs you would hear in the late 80s. And so in that respect, it's it's a wild success. If she's. Sure. If, if Your grandfather uh, listened to Travis Tritt? No, <laughs> but, okay. but I'm saying it's like maybe your father and mother. The time, did, the time when she would have known her grandfather. I understand that's about, what's on the radio. The town, I get the town it. I get it. If they were driving to the would general be, store, correct, correct. Would right. have been. Would have been. I mean, the, my grandfather used to play out in a West Texas not, town of El, pa- El Paso over and over and over, and over and over again. She's paying in, in doing that and doing the time when she remembers the town at that point. Yeah. These are the type of songs that would be on there, which was not everybody was Tanya Tucker. Not everybody was. I mean, they were very Yeah, there was a bland sort yeah. of new FM country. Yep. Uh, I'm from a town it, exactly. where there was a very you know popular it. station, you know and I hated it, so I still hate it. But let me ask a question. Why does the town still talk about him? Because he died. Yes, and he was a legend, apparently. But it's not in the song. Yeah, it is. Why do they talk about him? It's called inferring. <laughs> it's 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 sports trophies in the high school. Mm-hmm. There's a million of those. Everybody has that. Well, I think it's talking I think about it's not the barbershops and the jokes you used to tell. Were they, la- were they laughing at the jokes or were they offensive? I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I can't tell from the damn song. I think it's not important why or how he died. I think it's just important that he did die. And then his all these things, and coming from a small I town. Get that I get not that. as I small just, as you, but just, like coming from a small town, like eighty-one people. I know. When there's only 881 people in town and one guy dies, you notice it. Like, dude, (sighs) I guarantee, I I will not ever go to a high school reunion, but if I did go to a high school reunion, somebody would still be like, hey, man, you remember Troy Kiger? He died, like, car surfing. Look. And and my point is, is that that's why that song hits spot on. In things that we don't necessarily engage in all the time, and that we we live in Washington D.C., man. I mean, when I asked if you were an elitist, like, they were, look at this basement. Come on, <laughs> you know. But but I I think it hits. I'm wearing leather Chuck Taylors right now yes. that look like Jordans. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, I, I, I'll own it. Um, so uh, to wrap this up, uh, Patrick, you know the new rating system now. You do. It is buy, try, or die. Sad. Oh, sad. So so what are you going to do here? Uh, we're on the four-year anniversary of my father dying. He would have loved this are album. 
Where oh, yeah. you don't know that, but I know yeah. that. Uh, he would have loved this. He loved this shit. Uh, I disagreed with him about all of it. He lived in my hometown his pretty much his whole life, other than college. I still say sad. <laughs> oh, the first sad of Can't the year. Do it. Can't well. do it. I tried. I tried so hard. Yeah. I I cleared my head and gave it fresh ears, as you know. Yeah. And uh, I came back around today, and I was like, I st- I just can't. Okay. I can't do it. No. Never going to see this again. Right. But I hope she writes some great this song a, for yeah, somebody this else. Is a, this is a safe space. Yeah. Yeah. We're all, I'll like. I'll say that I think that um this is going to be a big country year. So um yep. it's it, it starting off the year this way. Um this is worth worth trying. Um, everybody that puts something out that's of this new class of country, if you're not a country fan, um, they're worth trying because you're you're going to have like a million artists to like come to get to know and be willing to like give an ear to. So, I mean, it's worth trying at least. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to give it a try too. I, I think uh, I, I can immediately reach to a bunch of albums in the 80s. Oh, that's good. Before, before this. But but I, I, I like, I, I appreciate the effort. Uh, Ferris Wheel, you know, last Two years ago, I talked about buckets, right? This year, I'm making a playlist. You did talk about buckets, yeah, yeah. And this year, this year, I'm making a playlist. And so, this playlist is like songs I pick off albums we talk about, or maybe we don't talk about. It. So you're doing us. a top 200 of maybe you know, I don't know. Like it, it might be top 500. Top it's whatever, like, whatever. Yeah. Ferris wheel. First time I heard it went in that fucking really list. Wow. And, wow. and 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 that's why honestly why I picked it. I think that's that's a tremendous song. That's the best song I've heard in 2017. So, uh, but you can fit a, you can fit a whole like 881 person town in that hook. Yeah, yeah. And 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 but but as a whole, the whole journey, I think it's worth taking and trying and seeing if you like it. If it, it you know if it suits you, if you're if you're one of those people who want. Uh, just some standard country. Get some, man. It's. I will admit, just like I admitted, Casey Musgraves. Parts of it are catchy. Yeah, I can't deny that. Just not for you. Just not for me. Right. Not catchy in a good way for yeah. me. Well, thanks for coming down. Thanks for uh, bringing the bourbon battery. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> Natalie Hemby's Puxco is out now everywhere. Uh, if you liked it more than Patrick, which I suspect a lot of you are going to like it more than Patrick, um, then uh, you, it's available to buy, stream. The film, we have a link in the show notes to the film, so you can actually get the film and uh, and watch it. I'm, I'm going to do that tonight. And I might, might leave something in the comments here, uh, report back to you and see how this matches up. Because, you know, we... Uh, yeah, we take our music seriously, and so it made a sound that if you if you didn't listen to the whole thing, it might have sounded like we're we're a little hard on the album. I, I don't think we are. I think it's, uh, you know, we want country to succeed. We want it to be great, and uh, greatness is not it's not everything out of the gate is great. So, um, hopefully too, she'll be doing a tour. I didn't see anything on the tour dates. But uh, I, I, these things take on a life of their own, in, live on the road. 
uh, get a little get a little dust on their their heels and whatnot. And uh, so if uh, if it turns out that she's coming to a small town near you, I think this could be a rad rad little show. Especially if maybe maybe they'll do a documentary tour, a documentary and she'll play a show. And uh, man, that'd be cool. I'm sort of excited. I need to check into that. Um, before we get out of here this week, I want to play a track from you for a band that, uh, you know, this is the time of year when we have, when everything's a little slower, like I said, so we have time to check out more. Um, we, I mean, we get, oh God, we get like 10,000 emails, their press releases, their, their submissions and whatnot, but we, we get a lot and it's, it, we try to dig through it. It's hard and, uh, we're, we're going to try to be doing a lot better this year to find the stuff that maybe... Maybe is not coming to the surface as much. I think this one is going to be one of those. The name of that band is Mr. Elevator. The name of their album is When the Morning Greets You. It's sort of a, a psychedelic throwback. Uh, in, in their little press release, says this band loves Donovan, uh, which you, you'll be able to hear it immediately in this. You know, it, it's psychedelic. It's pop. It's it's very California sounding. It's it's a yeah. I've heard the whole album. It's a great album, and uh, maybe we'll be talking about it when it comes out on the tenth. For now, though, I just want to introduce you guys to them. So. Uh, without further ado, uh, let's hear a track from Mr. Elevator. Name of the track is Sunshine Daydream. Sorry, it's the name of the track is Sunshine Daydream off the album When the Morning Greets You. Let's get some. Daydream off the album When the Morning Greets You. The name of the band is Mr. Elevator. That's just groovy, man. It's pretty. It's it's it hints at mind expansion. It is for whatever reason uh, also striking my mood. We're talking about uh, next week. We're talking about the new Fox album. Now, those guys are a little far out, and I, I have a history with the with the psychedelic. 
music and other accoutrements. But I, you, for some reason, right now in January, uh, as we approach this election, and maybe that's why the surrealness of it, uh, this this type of music is really hitting me hard. Where I, you know, I want to sit in this newly uh, newly upgraded basement here and just sort of sort of sonically trip my face off. And uh, these bands aren't aren't letting me down. They're they're enabling this. So thank you, bands. You're you're tickling my mind. Um, that is our podcast for this week, or at least the first podcast this week. Uh, later on this week and the day before the inauguration, we're going to have a uh, very frank conversation about music in 2017. Uh, I'll give you a little spoiler. We talk about the concept of alt-right country. So think about that for a few days. Um, myself, Mr. Uh, Marcus Dallin, and our friend Casey Ray, Always a good time. This is one of these pod jams. And then, um, moving on, we got a few albums coming up. Like I said, we're going to be doing uh, Foxygen. We're going to do Alison Crutchfield has an excellent new album coming out. That's on Merge. That's coming up. Uh, and, uh, man, just lots of good stuff. Japan Droids. I don't know if that's going to be good stuff. Priest. I don't know either, but we're going to talk about it. We're sure as hell going to talk about it. Also, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, tomorrow night, we're sitting down here and we're talking about Faith, George Michael. And it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be myself, Sarah Godfrey, and Marcus Daly. I don't know when you're going to hear it, but it's, oh God, it's going to be amazing. Uh, at any rate, at any rate, that is, uh, that is our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this and this is your first time visiting us down here, uh, you can subscribe to us in iTunes. You can just pit, hit the subscribe button. You can leave us a rating. You can leave us comments there. You can give us a star rating. You can leave us comments on the site. If you are an Android person, we're in Google Play for you. In, we are on Mixcloud. We are on Stitcher. If you're like one of those internet-enabled radio people, uh, that's good for you too. And uh, we're going to start putting these uh, back up on SoundCloud a few episodes at a time uh, going forward in the future. So you know we're pretty much everywhere. Everywhere you want to listen to us, you can find us. So uh, you know, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back in a few days. Until then, be good to your ears, but better to your people. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, <laughs> 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 Kenobi!